But you all have seen, uh, how many have been seeing what's been happening on social media with what's happened at Asbury? How many have seen it? Raise your hand if you've seen it. Okay. All right. Um, th there is without something that God is doing sovereignly by his spirit. Okay. There's something very powerful. Where did everybody go? Thank you all for staying. Thank you. They stop singing, they leave. Oh, yeah. So, um, this, is, this is profound, what's going on. Very profound. It's interesting that it happened at an institution for higher education. Very interesting. And I'll, I'll just talk about some of these things. It's, it's just, and then to see it happening on other Christian campuses, colleges, universities. We had a group of our kids that were just wanting to go down and see what was going on at the very outset of it. And uh, the Lord just led them to say, why don't you all just start praying? So they start praying. And uh, I don't know whose apartment was it? Emily's apartment. And these are some of our North Point bunch down here. You get to hang out with them, right? Yeah. Um, they started meeting Monday night, started praying, and I don't know how long y'all went. Went a long time, right? What time did you get done? 1 a.m.? Yeah, I was in bed. You guys were praying at 1 a.m. Next day, they start praying again, right? Tuesday, right? And some of y'all's friends came along, right? How many of you go to North Point? I didn't know you went to North Point, did you? I thought you were just sneaking in on us here. I didn't know you went. Okay, cool. So they prayed again. How long did y'all pray? 2.30. It's getting longer. I was still in bed. And then, uh, I guess you had like 26 people in there? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure people around you were very happy. Yeah, probably. But nobody said anything. They start praying. They came to, they came to us and said, "We need a place to pray, Pastor." And we said, "Well, how about that prayer chapel right over there? Y'all pray." Well, you know, they're here till one o'clock in the morning. I'm going, "Great, somebody's got to pay the light bill." But come on, <laughs> come on. And they did. They did. And then I think they just have been praying every night over there, and. Um, I think it was a Friday night. I think about 170 people just started showing up, praying, and just praying, just seeking God, right? Praying. It's really cool. It's, it's awesome. Did you ever dream this, Pastor JP? Uh-uh. And uh, they just kept getting hungry for the things of the Lord. Pastor Trent, he asked, uh, President Trent asked, uh, you know, Pastor, what do you all think? We just said, just do what you got to do. Go in there. And uh, they were there last night. They get, and they're, I, I think y'all got done around one something in the morning on Friday. And I was there, but I went home and went to bed after that. I just, and then, uh, and then uh, last night they were here. And I was watching last night. I don't know, maybe maybe seventy some people just praying and just seeking God. And what's so beautiful about this is that it's student led. They're just hungering for the Lord. Just hungering for Jesus. What do you want to talk to us about, Jesus? That's what they're, that's all they're doing. And they have a word. They give a word, and they test it. I thank God for President Trent and his team. They're there, pastoring it, helping him navigate it. I'm there as a pastor, watching, asking the Holy Spirit, what do you want from us? And so they just kept praying. Are y'all praying tonight? Tonight? 6 p.m.? All right. So they're going to pray tonight over here. And, uh, and um, I'll just tell you, you know, if you'd like to come pray, uh, you're, you're welcome to come in and, and join them. Don't have any preconceived ideas of how it ought to run or how you think it ought to be done. They're just seeking God, praying. And... Um, if you want to come pray tonight, 6 o'clock, you come pray. Um, stop in there. Uh, if you got kids, 
We don't have nursery. Your kids don't behave. You need to go pray in your car and uh, with your children right there with you. Um, if there's no room in there, we'll go down the hallways. We're just going to pray. Seek God. How's that sound, everybody? So, I want to give you some word today, all right? Can I sit down? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, I had a message today, believe it or not, it's right here on tithing. I did. So here's the message. You need to give to the work of God if you call yourself a Jesus follower and perpetuate the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout this city and around the world, and you need to let your resources do that. The end. That's it. You got it. Just obey him. Quit arguing over this. And ask yourself, God, am I like the rich young ruler? And have I turned to material possessions or position and turned it into what I believe is my spiritual treasure to meet my spiritual poverty? It will not work. And the more fear you have over money, and the more greed you get over money, and the more you question Pastor Sam's motives about talking about it, may really be God telling you there's a deeper spiritual issue. Just let him talk to you. Just let him talk to you. Sorry, another the end. Thank you. So I got done praying last night, and I thought, okay, I'm gonna go up to my office just for a moment. And I said, you know, Lord, I got this message I worked really hard on. And you told me you were in it, because you are. But what do you want me to say? Because there is something happening. And I'm just so grateful, because some Christians never get to experience a special outpouring of the Holy Spirit, not even once in their lifetime. And those of you that have been in this church and you remember the move of God in 1996, I've had the joy and I feel so blessed. I get to have two in my lifetime. I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. So with everything that ever happens, I always say what you have to do is, I don't know all the answers to everything, and I know there's a lot of people out there giving commentary on it and how this is the real revival and everything else, and I've just decided to shut up. And just say, God, instead of me always questioning what everybody else is doing and what I think should be done, why don't you just talk to Sam Rife Google about what he should be doing and what God should be doing in me. And I think it'll work out a whole lot better. So let's start there. Make it about you instead of everybody else. So the last outpouring that I can always go to for the best guideline when things like this happen is the Word of God. Because you're going to see a lot of signs that will make you wonder. You're going to see some goofy things that are from God and some goofy things that are not from God. And I'll be the first one to tell you. You know why? Because light attracts bugs. You get everything with it. The problem is, is that too many believers never receive anything because they're not willing to pastor those kind of things and put up with those kind of things and don't want to be identified with those things. Just identify with Jesus. Let him keep working it in you and cling to the word of God. But the best place I can ever go on this is probably the word of God in Acts chapter 2. When for the first time there was such an outpouring on those hungry believers when Jesus told them to wait in the upper room and don't depart until you've received what I told you. The power of the spirit of God. And they did. You remember that. You remember that. 
120 people in an upper room have shaken the whole world to this very day because they were just hungry for what God had. Throughout the New Testament, it was messy. There were issues, there were things. But I'll tell you, God still gave them direction. And when they came up out of the upper room, you remember the whole city came together and people were mocking and making fun of them, saying they were drunk. And so when I was up in my office, I thought, well, let's just read the passage for a moment and then this is the best way to know how to navigate. Right? The Word. Not what you think, not what I think. Let's just do the Word. And it'll help clear up some stuff. So utterly amazed. Acts 2-7. I told the guys this morning if they can pop that up. They, did they grab that for me okay? Because So it's, we didn't get to spell check it and proof it. It's just what it is. Because I told them, I think I want to do maybe do this this morning. So there's no fancy pictures and stuff, okay? It's just straight up there. They were watching all this. And verse 7 says, Utterly amazed they ask, Aren't these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hear them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome. Are you ready for this? Both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We're hearing them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongue. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, here's the first one, what does this mean? And I think that's where a lot of believers are trying to interpret what does this mean? And you'll see that this Jewish group of people who thought Messiah was only for them get it completely crushed when they get filled with the Spirit of God. And now Arabs are beside Jews hearing the wonders of God. The Holy Spirit, what does this mean? It means the Holy Spirit, when you get so full of Him, will make you be able to connect with people you never dreamed you could connect with. The lost, the broken, those who are bound by some of the deepest sins, and instead of always trying to fight them, you find yourself weeping for them. You start seeing how did this all occur in their life. And God gives you a power to connect with them. Not to sign off on your sin is okay. That's not what we're talking about. But there's this deep, overwhelming love of Jesus that gets in you to start reaching people you never dreamed you could reach with and sit beside people you never thought you would sit by. So I'm telling you that when the Spirit of God starts moving, He will bring people into churches they never dreamed would walk in. They will bring the man living in adultery. They will bring in the person that is cheating on their spouse. They will bring in the person who is lying at work. They will bring the person that is highly prejudiced. They will bring in the racist. It will bring in every kind of person. It will bring young. It will bring old. It will bring those bound by homosexuality and every type of sexual dysfunction you could ever imagine. But they are received to be able to sit in the house of God with God's people to be affected by the presence of God that set you free will also set them free. That's not comfortable with everybody who claims Christianity. Because it will happen because Jesus Christ wants to show them what he truly has for them, just like he showed you. The freedom, the joy, the eternal life that you do not have to use what you're using because it will never pay off the spiritual poverty that is in your soul. Only Jesus is the true riches, the true joy, the true relationship. So what does this mean? They see this happening, and he says in verse 15, these people are not drunk as you suppose. First of all, I want to tell you something. When this happened, it was the first time it happened, and the world out there will mock us. So if you're looking for everybody to approve of us, they're not going to. You're going to find this more and more. They're not going to approve of everything we do. They're going to mock it. 
You already have right now, right now. You have video clips of people that they say they're experiencing the presence of God. I'm not questioning that. But they're showing little TikTok videos mocking them the way that they respond to the Spirit of God, the way they dance. This isn't God. I don't know what's happening in those people's lives. I'm not going to question it. I'll pastor stuff when I see Goofy. I'll deal with Goofy. But there may be times that it may be Goofy and it may be God. It's my responsibility, these pastors' responsibility to pastor, disciple people, and grow them and mature them. Okay? But I'll tell you, they're going to make fun of you. So young people, let me just tell you something. If you're worried about being accepted and approved because they're going to mock you, then this is not for you. Because they will mock you. I never forgot one time I was on Christian television and I did something and I watched somebody just start mocking me like crazy. And here's what I won't do. The disciple Peter did not apologize for what was happening. He said, they're not drunk as you suppose. He said, let me explain this to you. Too many people are wanting to stop when they have something God's doing that they don't know how to pastor. And so they shut things down and they apologize for it. I will not apologize for what God is doing, but I owe you an explanation for what is happening. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is what this means. Here's what's happening. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Assemblies of God, Pentecostals, Charismatics, can I tell you, we do not own the market on how God chooses to pour out his spirit, nor do we dictate to them how it should look. Besides, John Wesley, the that Asbury, John Wesley and Charles Wesley, when they were coming to America on the ship, it was when they encountered the phenomenon that they never experienced was the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues. It's, 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 it's even in their teaching. Thank you, Jesus. Because it's a great thing God gave you. It's a gift. He says, I'm pouring out my Spirit on all people. Watch this. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. That doesn't mean you foretell. Prophecy is about 95% telling forth the love and the glory of Jesus Christ and about 5% foretelling. Prophecy is you and me being so full of the Spirit that we declare and show the glory of God through our lifestyle, our action, everything we do. It's prophesying, it's showing, declaring the glory of God. Your young men will see visions. You're going to see things. God's going to show you things. Your old men will dream dreams. I'm still seeing visions. <laughs> I've still got visions. <laughs> dreams only come after about Taco Bell about one o'clock in the morning, then I have the, those dreams. But let me just tell you something here. The older generation, sometimes when God starts doing something, I've watched so many people abandon ship when they see something they don't quite understand. Don't do it. Don't do it. Trust Jesus and trust your leadership to hear from Jesus. Okay? Because I don't know where this is all going. I don't even know where the rest of this message is going. I'm just going. Okay? All right? On my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. This is about God declaring who he is through you while you're working in that mill shop. This is God displaying his glory through you at the soccer game when the referee does something that you believe is wrong and you don't go crazy as a believer and start going crazy and other people are watching you. This is the glory of God coming out of you in real time. This is the glory of God that keeps you grounded in a politically hot 
culture that is trying to divide the body. Stop it. Hunger for Jesus and just let the glory of God come through you. I may have lost some of you already. Verse 22. He said, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Here's what happens. What does this mean? Spirit of God is moving is what's happened. That's what this means. It's moving on our land. We're living in last days, friends. God is moving. Jesus is returning. Labor pains are happening. This just isn't prayer meetings over here. It's labor. There's things being birthed in the spirit that are happening. That's what's happening. It's, it's, it's what's happening here. And we don't even sometimes know what we're praying for. He says, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, you, you teachers of the law, you that were looking for Messiah, you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him on the cross. What does this mean? Watch this. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Verse 32, God has raised this Jesus to life and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father, watch this, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. This means that Jesus is the focus. Jesus Christ dead walk this earth, crucified on a cross, sinless life, buried, resurrected from the dead, coming again, is what we declare. This is what this means, is Jesus is the exalted one through all of this and bringing people to him. They were convicted of their sin. Now, what does this mean? God's pouring out his spirit. And Jesus Christ must be declared his death, burial, and resurrection for men and women to be saved and to have eternal life. Without that, they perish in eternal torment. Verse 37, when the people heard this, they were cut to their hearts and said to Peter and to the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? The coup questions is, what does this mean? God's pouring out his spirit. I don't get it, don't understand all, but no, God's pouring out his spirit and Jesus needs to be the centrality of all of it and exalted preached and declared. And what is this? What shall we do? Here's what you and I do. Peter replied, repent. That means to stop, to pivot and turn and go the other direction that you're going now. Repent and be baptized. There's going to be a lot of people baptized in the next wave across this nation in ways you've never seen before. Repenting and being baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. You want clean? Repent. Jesus, set me free, deliver me. I turn, I stop my ways, and I turn toward you, God. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you. Everybody say, it's for me. It's for you, your children, for all that are far off, for all whom the Lord our God would call. With many others... With many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them. And I plead with you as your pastor. As a Jesus Christ follower, I plead with you as your pastor. Save yourself from this corrupt generation. It is corrupt. You're not going to win them by fighting them. You're going to win them by repenting yourself. And not seeing how close can I walk the edge of this without going to hell? Why are we trying to walk as it? Just, uh, uh, do we drink alcohol? Do we not drink alcohol? Do we tithe? Do we tithe? Tithing, New Testament, Old Testament, what is it? No, 
Stop trying to walk the edge and see how close you can walk the edge and follow it. Just sell out and repent and say, Jesus, speak to me. Talk to me. Quit trying to negotiate this thing. Sell out. Sell out. Repent. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Pastor Drew was up there. He felt the Holy Spirit telling, call you to repentance. Call you to ask Jesus to forgive you. That was the Holy Spirit doing that. This is the work he does. What do you do? You repent. You know, uh, Pastor Benson and I flew him in to speak to the North Point students in October. And the subject was, uh, it was President Trent Roberts' dad, Bob Roberts pastored for many years, wanted us to come in and talk about revival and the outpouring of the Spirit. And those of you who don't have no context of this, in 1996, I stopped everything I was doing to be a part of a revival here with this church. And revival cost you something. It cost. Sometimes it cost 1, 2, 30 in the morning. <laughs> it cost. But revival, Pastor Benson would say, is about change. Something gets changed and transformed in you. And I like this statement. Change is the fabric of repentance. That I am willing to be changed by the Spirit of God. But repentance will only come when you are ready to change. Are you sick of the way you and your wife are fighting? I'm willing to change God. I repent. And he will work this in you, whatever it is for you. Because change is the fabric of repentance. And repentance is the foundation of revival and outpouring. When I hear churches say we're wanting revival, but there is no change, it's not happening. You want revival? Then there must be repentance because it is the foundation and revival, remember everybody, revival is for the church. Those who say they have accepted Christ. That is who revival is for. Out of the revival comes an awakening where the culture is now impacted by what they see happening in the bride, the church, in their repentance. Judgment must begin in the house of the Lord. Now listen closely to me. Listen closely to this. We keep asking God to shake this culture. I'm tired of always having to fight all the time with culture. I'm, I'll identify things, but I'm gonna tell you something. Sam Reifkogel needs to be more concerned with myself that I am not being conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it only comes by, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy and accepted unto God, which is your reasonable act of worship. And quit being conformed and trying to get as close to the world as you can, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Ask God to start dealing with you. And out of this outflow of revival, can I tell you, out of this revival that happens in you as a person that comes to church or doesn't come to church, but you claim to be a Christian, can I tell you, will come an awakening to the culture who is deep in poverty and headed for hell. But I'm going to tell you something. Before there is ever a great awakening, there is a rude awakening. And the rude awakening is, is we have tried everything in the church that we are trying. We have tried pizza feeds. We have tried potlucks. We have tried everything. We're using every method, and we should use every method. We're trying every. What's the latest and greatest? But can I tell you, the greatest thing you can use is to God to give you a rude awakening and tell you you are in sin. Stop this nonsense and come after Jesus Christ with all your heart. Let him transform you. Let him change you. Let him change you. Let him transform you. Let him liberate you. How, how are we doing? Now, Jonathan Edwards, I'm going to paraphrase this. Jonathan Edwards 
he basically said there are two kinds of people when God starts moving in the church. Because right now, this is moving within the body and it's creating an awakening. These kids have been praying. They've already saw suddenly happen of miracles happening in people's families. I'm telling you, it's blowing my mind. And they've just been seeking God. They didn't act. This is not trying to leverage God. You got to do something. We're praying. No, no. They're saying, what do you want, Jesus? Here we are. And we lift these people before you. You're the only hope for them. And we're seeing, they're seeing miracles, friends. I mean, miracles happen in people's lives. Miracles. Miracles. But in the church, there are two groups of people, he said. And I did not ask Pastor Drew. I did not tell Pastor Drew this. He used the word. Responders. There are two groups of people in the church. It's going to happen. Be careful where you start lining up. There will be resistors and there will be responders. Say it with me. Resistors and responders. Let me show you how to identify which one you might be, what you might be doing. And I've already watched it come out of Christians. Already given their commentary on this. And, and truly trying to be genuine about it and sweet. Resistors will always question everybody else's motives. But responders to the Spirit will always be questioning their own. When they start saying this is the real, this is real revival because there's not lights or something, or this is a revival because somebody does use lights, don't, don't get into that. Don't get into the fray. Because what God chooses and how he chooses to use, you let him do it. Because resistors always question, well, did you see him up there dancing? Did you know he smelt like weed when he walked in? Well, the reason he needs to be here, or she needs to be here smelling like weed, is because we want them to know that you don't have to do weed to find joy. We want you walking out without it. I'm questioning my own. Every time I get in one of these, I start questioning, where's your motive, Sam? Why are you so upset? Why are you angry? Why are you so easy to judge and tell them that's right, this is right, this is right, this is right, that's right? If you're getting in that as a believer, you're a right candidate for revival. Because you start questioning your own. What about me, Father? What about me? Oh, I've seen it. I've seen it. I'm asking God to help me. Just be a responder. Let God do what he wants, everybody. Pastor, are you about ready to help me worship just a little bit? Hey, do you know, Pastor Drew, you know some old school stuff, don't you? I, I didn't talk to you about this. I don't know if you know this song. And if you don't know it, it just means you're not spiritual. But <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. See, there I go. See, right there, my motives. I'm just being a resistor right there. I'm judging already. Do you know that old song, Draw Me Nearer? Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Okay, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. Where's the Sonia James? Where are you? Way over there. Do you know how, do you know the song Draw Me Nearer and Nearer? You do? Well, come on up here. Do you have a piano, Pastor Drew, that she can play over there? What are y'all getting up for? I'm not done. Sit down. <laughs> Help Sister Sonia. Sister Sonia, put it in a key. I can do it, okay? Can she hear me back there? She will? 
So here's what I want you to do what I'm doing. I want you to let God do what he wants. And there are sometimes, as a pastor, I'm going to have to determine, and President Trent, for students, you're going to have to determine what to do. Guidelines, okay? So I'm going to do something here. I did ask the guys to help me do this about 10 minutes, about 30 minutes ago. And uh, so here's what happens. Sometimes the resistors can be people who experience the last move of God. And it becomes so real to you what he did. I can tell you all the things that happened to me and Pastor Brendan, that revival that would still affect me to this very day. Some of you, how many of you remember the, the move of God in the night? This is still affects you this very day, doesn't it? You can't forget it. But here's what happens to, to us. And I want to be very careful. And I want you to be careful because God is doing something. I don't understand all of it, but he is doing something in this nation. What happens is, is you get that picture of what God did. It was real to you. And if I could just say this, it becomes a five by seven photograph of a memory in your spirit. And uh, hey, find draw me nearer, nearer. Go Google it, because I know you young guys don't know it. <laughs> See if you can find the lyrics for us, okay? Soon pop them up here. We're, we're on the fly, everybody. So. <laughs> Oh, good job. Good job. I'm going back to my illustration. So we have this five by seven way God moved to you. Maybe you're Baptist. Maybe you're Christian reform. Maybe you're Pentecostal, Mary charismatic. I don't know what you are. But you have this context of a five by seven frame where God revealed something special to you. Well, let me tell you what he does. He has so much more for Sam than what he's given him, it always goes from glory to glory. He never leaves me stagnant. This is what's happening in the body of Christ. Some of you are stagnant and he loves you so much. And what God is doing is, if I could say this, is God is, God has this five by seven experience right here. See that right there? That's that deal right there. But then all of a sudden, God wants to give you this 16 by 20 picture. Guys, do something with those, all those screens for me. Just put something up there. Can you put something up there? There you go. You got a picture or something? Flowers, something? How about a scenery? You got a scenery? No, yeah. Perfect. That's an announcement we never got to yet. Perfect. Now, what if all we had was this little guy and this little girl right there? We'd never, if we didn't get the 16 by 20 picture, we'd never know that I could play basketball. Oh. There's wings right there, that there's gonna be wings, there's gonna be games. I'd never see that there could be a bounce house and a, another smile on a kid's face. And hey, that one there shows Pastor Sam's gonna be there. Pastor Brent will be there. I would never know that because I'm trying to put God in this five by seven frame when he's trying to show you a 16 by 20 picture. So what I wanna show you is is that there's more to the picture he wants to show you about who he is and what he wants to do in you. You will never get it. Well, I remember that's what happened to the revival. Stop. Stop. Say, Holy Spirit, what do you want in me now, today? What do we do? Repent. Ask God to forgive you. Be a responder, not a resistor. But then I want to give you this last little bit of thing here. I'm going to speak to all the students and the young people especially. Then verse 42 says, what do we do? It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and the breaking of bread and to prayer. 
everything just didn't fall apart. It gives you a hunger for the things of God, the Word of God, the knowledge God wants to give you. So that's why there's services. That's why there's preaching. That's why we talk because they give themselves to the teaching of the Word of God. You've got classes you're going to have. Nobody's breaking the flow of the Holy Spirit. In fact, this is an outpouring of God touching you is hunger to be disciplined and sent to teaching of your instructors, your pastors, your teachers. It gives you that discipline to have hunger for the Word of God. I know there's some people say, well, you ought to just let it go, Pastor. I get it. I get it. But there was also a place where there's a hunger for the teaching and the growth of the Word of God. And to fellowship. Someone give me the camera for who's at home there. Now, some of you are at home because you're taking care of the elderly. Some of you are sick. Some of you are on vacation. And that's why we have this. But I'm going to tell you what my biggest concern is. Since COVID, there are some of you that have completely disconnected. And you need the fellowship of the body of Christ. Pastor's not picking on you. I'm not angry. I'm not mad. You've got to have the comfort you have. But I'm asking God to get some of you back into fellowship with your brother and sisters where you belong. Whatever church that is. Because you need it. When God created, when God created the heavens and the earth, and he created Adam, even when it was perfect and sinless, God knew he needed somebody beside him. And it was perfect without sin and perfect walking God, but God still knew he needed somebody. Plus, when you start isolating too much, you become an intolerant believer. Because you never give anybody the ability to challenge you or to stretch you. And some of you have completely disconnected from church because I, I can't agree with them, da, 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 and all that stuff. I'm not talking about biblical inerrancies. I'm not talking about, you know, biblical, you know, messing up doctrine and teaching. That's all I'm talking about. I'm talking about you just can't get along with people. God says the outflow of a true move of God is fellowship with God's people. Breaking bread, having communion together, and look at this, and prayer, prayer. So what we have here is an experience with God that's gonna keep happening. Thank you, Jesus. But there's also the education of the Word of God. There are two veins. These two have to be intersecting all the time as you move forward, okay? If you just become education, word, 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 but never experience the presence and power of God, guess what you become? You become a Pharisee that all this time you've been talking about Messiah coming, that when he shows up, you can't even experience him because you're so hardened against him. You miss Jesus. And then if you become experience, 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 and don't need the word, just let this thing fly, just let it fly, Pastor, just let it fly. And everybody can make judgments on that about what I do or don't do or the leaders do. I'm sorry, but this is all you got right now. And I got to answer to him. I just, I got to answer to him and I'm trying to do my best. But if you come just experience, 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 and you're waiting for the next crazy thing happen or the next manifestation to happen, what you become is you become a fanatic pushes people further away. So what needs to happen is, is your education ought to open the door for your experience and encounter with God. And your experience and your encounter then gives affirmation to what he taught you in his word. And when those two keep intersecting, you talk about the most mature, powerful believer. You talk about the devil's worst nightmare when you got those two things studying the apostles' doctrine, the teaching of the Word of God, fellowshipping together, and constantly praying, and those things encountering all the time. How many you believe we can see something that is not just a moment that happens in history, it becomes a movement that never, ever, ever, ever ends in your life personally. It never ends. Heaven is closer. It'll cost us something. It always costs something. 
but the outcome of it is so much greater than you can ever anticipate. I could go on and on about this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop. But um, there's this old song. I want y'all to sing with me, okay? And if you don't know it, just, just hum along and see the words just for a moment. And uh, guys, you got verses because I can go back, but I can't go back that far. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? It says, I am thine, O Lord. I have heard thy voice and it told thy love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to thee. Draw me Consecrate me, Lord. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope and my will be lost in thy so draw me nearer 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 blessed to the cross where thou hast died so draw me Should I do single person? Stop, turn and pivot and run after him and draw to him. Bring all, all the sin, bring all the shame, bring it all, bring it all. Be steadfast in the teaching of the word of God. Learn to connect with body of believers. And pray like you've never prayed and hunger after him like you've never hungered. Yes, yes, yes. It says they daily went to the temple. I'm not trying to put a heavy on you, but you do need to talk about why I'm only coming to church once a month. You do need to ask him about that. You do need to ask him about it. I get it. It's a lot of work being a mom and dad. And kids, I thank God for the beauty of online campus. I really do. Because some of you, that helps you out. 
but if Satan cannot get you to sin, he will make you busy. He will just make you busy. There's no place for God in. I'm all for your kids in sports. I'm all for that. But when it starts to affect and impact your spiritual walk with your children, mom and dad, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to lead on that one. I don't tell you how to do it, but you got to. But today, if you say, Pastor, I need to repent. Remember, revival is for the church. The awakening is for the culture that has no Christ. But it all begins with us. If you need to, repent. And be late before the Lord. I want you just to step out from where you are. I want you to do something physical that points to a spiritual reality of what's happening in your life. And I want you to give it to God. We're not doing this for a photo op. We're not doing this to tell everybody what happened. This is for you, sir. And I just have this feeling that when you do, the thing that you struggled with so much is going to be so suddenly God's delivering power in this moment. I really do. Your hurt, your anger, that you're so mad at what he did to me. It has caused you to struggle all these years. I have a feeling that when you bring that bitter, broken heart of yours, there's a freedom in this house that nothing else can produce it but him. And if that's you, whatever it is, because I don't... I don't know what it is for you, but if there's something that's got to be repented, let it work in you today because he's got something for you. And if that is you, these altars are going to be open down the aisles just for a moment. Just for a moment, we're going to do this. Some of you can kneel up there along that upper balcony area. You don't have to come all the way down. Just kneel right there. There's a little spot there. But if that is you, I'm going to sing this one more time. With as we sing it, I want it to be your song. Because he just wants you. Ready? Holy Spirit, let it begin with us. Thank you, Jesus. Draw me nearer, Father. Draw me nearer, Jesus. Draw me nearer.